to do it that way. Anyway, or hit the intro graphic and we'll get into this. All right. Hey, everyone. Happy Friday. Uh, good to see you all again. It's been like, I mean, a week. You know, see you guys every week. Good, good seeing you. I joined why wow, my buddy Carlos. How's it going, man? How's it going, dude? Been talking to yeah. you for five minutes, so hi <laughs> again. Yes, hi again. But, you know, this is just the official one. Um, yeah, it was a crazy, it's a crazy week. I have a feeling that in the last, for the last like three or so months, there's been occasional big news stories, but mostly it's just been like, maybe the space is so quiet that whenever there's a big story, it's not really that big because the space is so big, or maybe because everyone's focused on the price, or maybe it's because there's just too many projects to even keep track of. But it's been kind of hard to, it's like when I think like what happened the last week, I'm like, kind of nothing, kind of everything. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. There, there's so, there's so many projects dude. like, if you remember, I mean, you, you come from way earlier than me, mm -hmm. but back in the day, every time someone would develop something at least a little bit newsworthy, it would be like a whole, yeah, like the, the whole crypto scene would swirl around that for months sometimes. And nowadays, it's just like everyone's sort of doing their own thing. In that way, it's kind of good. Yeah. And that reminds me, as I mentioned earlier, uh, my first job when I stopped taking fiat currency was for Cointelegraph. And when I was writing about, it was like 2015. So that's starting to hit in the middle of the bear market because 2013 was a big spike up to a thousand for Bitcoin at first. And so then it was like 2015 to 2016 is like, it's not always like, and then it wasn't until like a 2017 bull market that things got different. I remember I was reading, um, I would sometimes have a hard time finding things to write about because there just wasn't enough going on in Bitcoin at the time. And there was a lot, but then every once in a while I have to write something like, um, oh, like the former, you know, head of the Federal Reserve said something about like sound money and gold. And then I have to tie in Bitcoin somehow to that. And like, I have to do a few things that were like, or write about encryption and privacy that are like, that is not financially related. I'd have to write about some like, you know, similar subjects, but there, there just wasn't enough going on in crypto. And then from... 20 middle of 2017 i guess to like mid late 2019 i wrote for right wrote and for and ran a dash focus publication and i had enough just to talk about dash to like basically fill the whole thing that's how much the space has grown from like the number one the top coin i didn't have enough to talk about in like 2015 2016 to now just one of the many projects you know which still an important project but not not like Bitcoin or Ethereum, like not the t not like the top. I still just didn't run out of things to talk about. So that's pretty crazy. Uh, before we really get started on these things, just a reminder, cointr.ee slash the desert links. You go there, leave a little hyper chat, and, or you can do it on Odyssey, and then I'll answer I'll, I'll answer your questions. If you, you throw me money, I won't even ignore them. I can't do that. Nah. So that's how it works. Um, Look, uh, yeah. by the way, I yes. just wanted to say, yeah, but, but but you're right about that. I still don't know what do Bitcoin people talk about in all the Twitter spaces they do. Like, mm -hmm. I, I honestly don't know. If you're just into Bitcoin, what the hell do you talk about all day? Yeah, and I, this is a little bit of a side, <laughs> a side note. Um, I believe if you're into Bitcoin, if you're a 
Bitcoin maximalist or otherwise that's a, your big focus, you should be heavily into the Lightning Network. Not because I think that necessarily Lightning Network is so awesome and amazing. It's interesting to me. But literally, that's where all the action is going on. If you're not in Lightning, you're just like sitting around exactly. saying, I got a bunch of money. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay. Yeah. I, I, it's and like, it's probably going to be more money or probably not. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty funny. And usually, um, all the interesting stuff I hear from people like, um, let's say, uh, Max Hillebrand. Shout out to Max. He's always has a lot of interesting cutting edge kind of stuff about lightning and stuff. But anyway, on to the stuff. That was that was actually yeah. the news of the week. Uh, Joel Valenzuela stopped uh, running his Bitcoin Lightning node. What happened yes. there? It's, it's not here anymore. It's just my hard drive that I use for all my... I, I remember it being there, yeah. And I, I, I just remember your tweet. Um, yeah, what happened there? What, what did you decide to stop running that one? So the reason I started to run the node was for two reasons. The first is the Breeze wallet, which is a lightning wallet. It's a, a trust-minimized lightning wallet. Uh, they added this podcast player. So if you have your lightning wallet, you can listen to podcasts, kind of like a Spotify app, in the wallet and you could choose to donate satoshis to the person per minute that you listen to it and i thought that was a really interesting idea and the guy behind the entire thing was adam curry who is credited as being the guy who invented the podcast like the first ever podcaster and so he's a big lightning guy and stuff like that and so i thought oh great wow, dude great dude yeah i said like i'll try i'll try this and so i but i i because of the way lightning works you need key send to a node. You can't just send to an invoice. And so because of the way that worked, I needed to run a node or literally trust someone to to custody my money for me. Now, you know, I'm not going to do that. And so... Which is like the, the complete opposite of what you've been sending for all these years. Yes. It's the complete opposite also of the idea of why this streaming sats thing existed. It was supposed to right. be... Also. get around all the middlemen straight to the person. So I was going to run a node. And then I took several months to figure out how to get it running. And I got it running and as a, an experiment, as an educational tool, but also to get money. And pretty much no one ever paid me in there. So after a while of just keeping that computer on, eating electricity month after month, and then it went down, I had to restart it and I had to do all this stuff. And all that stuff for all the lightning I was not using and I was like, well, I have these mobile wallets that work. They're not super trustless, but they work well enough. And I, they still can't steal my money. They still don't do KYC, so that's good enough. And more importantly, I thought, all this Bitcoin I need to have in channels. Like, I could just put it, you know, like that SpongeBob meme. Take all this and put it over here. You know, take all the from the money and just put it on ThorChain where you can make like 17 to 20% APY by providing liquidity on Bitcoin. It's a lot higher right. on other coins, but still like that makes way more sense. And then I'll have more Bitcoin to actually send a lightning wallet to then spend on things. So, um, Ooh, Appalachian Prospecto says, hello. Hey dude. All right. Now let's you know, actually uh, get, yes. Vic Sharma, who is the, the founder of Cake Wallet, he mm -hmm. said that, and he like hangs around a lot of Bitcoin maxis and does business with them and all that. He said like no one's ever take him up on his offer on paying through Lightning ever, and he mm -hmm. like sends hundreds of Bitcoin really 
invoices paid in Bitcoin per month. So that, that should tell you something, that not even the Bitcoin people are running these nodes or using them at all. Yeah, it's, I know pretty much everyone who is, <laughs> maybe that's an exaggeration, <laughs> but I know some people who do, and there's a lot more people who are using things like Strike or like the Chivo wallet that aren't really lightning either. They're just like custodial centralized things. So yeah. it's, it's strange, but it is what it is. Well, speaking of bullshit, I guess, Shiba Inu falls after 2.3 billion of Shiba <laughs> <That's smooth. laughs> is moved from a whale wallet. So a billionaire whale moved 2.3 billion worth of Shib to four different wallets, and a bunch of investors apparently got nervous. Um, I don't think the details of this story matter exceptionally much. But yeah, how's a, what's your take on Shiba? Uh, my take on Shiba... I'm obviously not too interested in Shiva, uh, mm-hmm. but um, I'm very interested in how this whole Shiva thing might mm-hmm. turn out for Doge. Because we all know that Doge is eventually going to implode, right? If well, the whole thing we know keeps that. In the, I, I think we do, because like the whole thing is just going to inflate itself to death, hopefully. I mean, I don't think people are going to continue buying it after it reaches mm-hmm. a certain point. And Chiba does take somewhat of its pride in being a bit more useful, right? Like they're building like mm-hmm. some complementary tokens. They're building some um, a little ecosystem around it. I think it's um, it's not infinite capped, is it? Yeah, I think it has no cap. It's just infinite inflation. Not very much. No, I think it is finite. Huh. Let me, let me check this. Okay, you might might as well because I have no idea. Yeah, um, I th- I think it is not infinite supply. So th- that is why I feel like this thing is definitely going to going to end up killing. Yeah, token supply of four four hundred trillion. I mean, it's a lot of tokens, but it is finite. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then then there was this whole story of this dude that turned. What was it? Eight thousand dollars into a few billions, yeah. one point five billion or something like that. Um, insane. So lucky him, man. <laughs> I don't know how. I don't know how don't you sell after like five hundred mm-hmm. million or something. Yeah, maybe he just. This is the thing with the space because anyone can buy anything. I think someone had some Doge or had some Bitcoin and just saw, oh, there's a Shiba Inu token. I'm just or some Ethereum more likely just swapped it for the token here i'm gonna get some and then just forgot about it and he's like holy crap i'm a billionaire <laughs> that's how and, that, and that forget. relates to that, that mm-hmm. relates to this news right because mm-hmm. a lot of this has to do with that particular guy like mm-hmm. no one knew if this wallet was actually active or if they had access to it and well it turns out they do mm-hmm. yeah and the funny thing about this so doge is down this week as well so she went above Doge briefly, and then she crashed immensely, and then Doge crashed not so immensely, but also. The funny thing is I saw people on Twitter complaining about how they couldn't sell their Sheep because of, <laughs> it's on the Ethereum network. And for people who don't know, so the median Ethereum fee transaction, if you just descend it, is around $20. I didn't check in the last day, maybe, or two, but before that, it was like $20 just to send Ethereum. Now... The problem is when you send a token, that's like a smart contract operation, so it costs even more. And when you're trying to do some Uniswap thing, it's like 
it's like a couple hundred dollars to swap around your your sheep and so especially if you want it taken care of in like a timely manner it, so there's a lot of people who are like all right i got my money and sheep time to swap it out and then they can't even do it or like they make let's just say they make a a thousand dollars profit. They're like, wow, this is cool. And then they spend like three hundred dollars in fees to get out of it. And it's like it, it it's pretty crazy. And I'm glad people are learning the hard way, I guess. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean you shouldn't be as glad, but you, yeah. you do see the mm -hmm. I, I I mean I, I'm just reading some more stats on Shiva and 72% of the total supply is concentrated in like uh, in a bad handful of uh, I just closed it because I wanted to know how mm -hmm. much uh, Uniswap fees were right now but um, yeah, yeah it's just a handful of wallets that hold this so it, it's a whales game right and they're inflating the supply and playing with it I mean inflating the price and playing with it so I don't know, did you see that video with the guy from the Squid Game token being rock pulled live? No, I didn't see. Oh, that is amazing. I'm trying I'm to, gonna maybe I did. Like, I, I am having a hard time remembering because I've seen something similar so many times. We're like, okay. <laughs> so it could be that one. It could be I saw a different thing. Yeah, the, the funny thing about this one is that he was actually like explaining. Mm -hmm. It's probably like like a YouTuber or something, and he's yeah. explaining the tokenomics of of Squid Game, and in the mm -hmm. middle of it, it just gets rook pull, and you can see he's heartbreaking. Yeah, that's that's fun to watch sometimes. I mean, I hate to say, like, play stupid games, win stupid prizes, right? And the, the exactly. thing about is, there's a lot of like basic investors who don't understand what they're doing and when they they lose money i i feel kind of bad uh for example um the guy um i know there's a guy let me put it this way he's an entrepreneur in the crypto space who create who has a a business that helps you spend your cryptocurrency right so he's as real as they get he said that his grandmother now finally owns and he's older than me not by much but he's still and he says grandmother finally owns some crypto, but the only crypto she owns is Doge. So she just Ooh. went, she went straight, straight to the Doge. <laughs> from nothing like, to Doge. Not even, oh, Bitcoin, now I'll play with this. Just nope, straight. It's like, oh no, grandma. <laughs> it, it's a lot of people I know. And then other anecdotal evidence, uh, there's a friend of mine who I did not know was in crypto at all. And, but she's the, years younger than me right like maybe eight years younger or so and you know mid-20s and she got into doge with the whole robin hood game stonks thing and then now she's like oh, i'm buying sheep and i'm like oh no it's like hopefully for a lot of people this is uh obviously it's great for whales but for a lot of people it's um it's like a good it's like a lottery ticket you know you you put some money in doge as it's going up, you can kind of feel that it's going up and then you make some money off of it and that's it. For a lot of other people that get greedy, that's when they get wrecked. But I don't know. I don't have a problem with these meme coins existing or making a lot of people money. I I think it's silly, but it, it's kind of like, I don't know. There's, it's kind of like, you know, like TikToks, all the dumb stuff you see on the dances on TikToks and stuff. Like, I, I don't care. I'm not into that. But I don't begrudge people who are into that. They just, oh yeah, just hold on, let me do, oh, boom, boom, mm, mm. like they're doing all this nonsense. It's like 
if that makes you happy, go for it, you know? <laughs> I mean, there's, there's some people just want to feel like they're traders, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the, there's, like, this romanticized image of the trader, and so some people just want to feel like they're doing that mm-hmm. or that they're going to make their dreams come true by buying, like, a, a little bit of Doge. It's a... I mean, it's a lottery ticket, isn't it? If you yeah. treat it right. Yeah. It's funny You buy it, I... you daydream a little bit, then you, like... If you're a bit smarter, then you just forget about it. I've heard uh, someone I know um, who's always like every month or every week, I forget which he'd like buy a lottery ticket, which is not too expensive. And he just said it just so he can dream. Like it wasn't even like so he can make the money because he understands realistically he's probably not, but he just like, but maybe. And as long as there's a maybe out there, it makes my life a lot happier. I'm like, Man, that, right. that that's both uh, sad and beautiful. Yeah, inspirational and <laughs> sad. And I've heard it being referenced that a lot of the reason why crypto, like someone who owned an ATM, a Bitcoin ATM company, said that it's very similar to lottery tickets because the the poorer classes don't know quite how, or they don't have the means to invest. Really, their version of investment is lottery tickets because. You buy mm. one like every week, and statistically, you're going to get a big thing, or maybe you can. It, it's like a way of saving for the future. But like, if you just replace that with buying Bitcoin, for example, you just go like every week or every month, every paycheck, you just buy a little bit. Then it's like your retirement. Whereas other people have had other solutions to that problem, but now it's like the everyman can just, you know, invest. And that's kind right. of where that comes from. And, and it, it's a bit easier to wrap your head around that than it is to wrap around your head about like index funds or yeah. whatever whatever feels like it would make more sense than investing in the super volatile thing. Although, like yeah. as you know, if you do it over a long enough time, then you have nothing to worry about. R- yeah, right now, if you wanted to do a Uniswap, uh, that would set you back around $182. You just mm-hmm. updated so yeah, that is, that is a lot. That's not for the poor people. But uh, I've never used it on uh, I've never used it on Optimism on, or on Arbitrum, so I cannot really comment on the experience of those. But mm-hmm. I I imagine like the liquidity must not be too high in there, is it? Probably not. Oh, I used the only reason I ever used Uniswap was because I had a few different coins that I needed to have swapped out into Ethereum because they're all Ethereum tokens and. I, they got sent to me like iFarm and some weird things like that. And, you know, I just don't know what to do with them. So I turn them to ETH so I can do something with them. And that's my big experience with, with Uniswap. And then it's Uniswap and ThorChain are like the one, the DeFi stuff I'm using right now. It's, I just don't have enough time for all the rest. But um, this is an interesting article, though, about fake news. Um, American grocery, mm-hmm. American grocery store chain Kroger put out a press release saying that they were going to start accepting Bitcoin cash for payments. And then they came out and said it was fraudulent. And then there was a big pump and dump. And for context on this, that was one of my, I don't know, I guess favorite shit talking moments earlier this year was when someone randomly put out a press release that said, that Walmart is going to take Litecoin payments. And then yeah, exactly. everyone jumped on it, and then Walmart said, no, we're not, we didn't do it. 
and then it crashed and it was like and then ever since then every litecoin freaking fanboy on twitter has been like come on it's gonna be walmart i just know it it's like but that was fake news like, yeah but it's gonna be real like oh god like ugh. so frustrating but also so funny to say like you know fake <laughs> rub the, it's just like you have nothing going on so you have to make up things and i did a little like buff doge versus like sad doge meme where uh-huh. the sad doge one was like what it said if i lie about walmart will you love me and that's kind of oh I, I i did see that one yeah that one was good and that was kind of funny and i really wonder what's up with this kroger thing because apparently kroger's website did put out this press release that they said is fraudulent so that's not just stupid media taking a press release and running with it without checking the, to verify that it's, it's authentic. This is probably the website itself of Kroger, which is a giant grocery cho- store chain. We're not, I'm not sure about giant, but it's significant. They got, they must've been hacked or something or someone on the inside, someone who has access to, to that on the company had like a big old bag of Bitcoin cash. and was like, let me just put this out real quick. And then he just sells it all when it pumps. And like, that's starting to get a little bit more sinister. It's not just an annoying fake news thing. It's like someone pumped and dumped Bitcoin Cash who, like, I don't know, who had access to Kroger's site. Either they already had it or they're a hacker and got in there. And that's starting to be like deep fake levels of, like, you can't trust anything anymore. How, how much did it pump by? Mm, let me see. I'm actually going to open um, CoinGecko right now, but is it pumped by a certain amount? I'm pretty sure. I don't think it yeah, was. Yeah, it that. must have definitely pumped. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember seeing the news when it went live, like when people thought it was legit, and it <laughs> it, it it did manage to make a bunch of Bitcoin people mad. It did manage mm-hmm. to get a lot of people excited. It got the BSV people mad as well, which was which is always fun to see. Um, mm. I don't. Uh, like but it, it, it if says it, it was went a up, hack. It says it went up to like six twenty, and it's about six hundred right now. So that's not. It's not, a, not a big pump. pump at all. Yeah, especially how quick it was. Maybe it pumped way more on certain exchanges i.e. where the someone started buying and then the guy who orchestrated the scam started selling at the same time. Yeah, that, that both happen. Insanity. Like, I'm trying to see, but yeah, no, it, it didn't pump by much. Found it as well now. It's 620. And that's, uh, what's that like? Well, it's less than 10%. Yeah, so... It's still that's a recent that's a decent pump, but it's not like a apocalyptic pump, you know. I yeah, just, but but that's like waking up and there's a green market, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't imagine that they. I don't see Bitcoin Cash doing these crazy little pumps here and there that much. Like, remember Bitcoin SV used to have those insane pumps, and I remember during. Uh, like the 2017 era, 2017-2018 kind of era, uh, Monero had a, a series of orchestrated pumps that you could tell, you know, when you watch the charts, it's not like, oh, an announcement. It's just like every once in a while, sh- 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 you'd see it, and it's just like, okay, I see someone's doing something here. And, yeah. of course, just like Doge was always that way, right? 
like in 2017, Doge pumped, and a friend of mine actually said um, he had enough Doge to buy a house, and that was 2017. That was before it went way up, because he didn't have very much, but it went an epic pump, and then went Doge just did that, and now it's like Elon made it happen, like for real, for real, you know. And if your friend had hold held until the Elon Musk days, he would mm -hmm. probably have just like retired his whole family for a couple of generations, right? If he mm -hmm. had that much back in 2017. Yeah. But what do you think about this uh, Mark Zuckerberg metaverse thing? Uh, I'm honestly not super up on it. I just I just seen like the logo memes and stuff, and um... uh huh. Especially people making parodies, calling it Meatverse and things like that, like meat. <laughs> the, but, there is this yeah. um, there is this presentation that they did for the for the metaverse mm -hmm. thing. Well, for the meta thing. First of all, they ruined the word metaverse for everyone, right? Like yeah, now we have to find a new cool word to use to describe like this NFT utopia, virtual reality, whatever, because metaverse is off the table already. It's done. Um, but um, he did this one hour or so presentation of all the features that this thing is going to have. And of course, that looks like it's probably going to be way in the future. I don't think it's going to be out anytime soon. Mm -hmm. But um, it, it does feel, I mean, it does look quite cool. And he does mention NFTs and crypto a lot. Mm -hmm. I was surprised that more people didn't comment on that. But I guess like crypto media doesn't want... Um, Zuckerberg to be associated with crypto anymore and uh, just the crypto ecosystem doesn't really want to pay too much attention to these big uh, centralized players but I just it was just interesting to see the lack of reaction there was a couple of tokens that are like mostly well related to the metaverse such as like mana and sand and all this and they did pump but mm. uh, apart from that it, it, everything was pretty quiet from that yeah, it's. I think we're also beyond celebrities mentioning NFTs being any kind of a big deal because mm. I've sort of noticed this where uh, at first crypto was always Bitcoin only. And then it was, uh -huh. you know, Bitcoin and then goes to Ethereum and then there'd be, okay, maybe some people know Bitcoin, Ethereum, and then they started playing with other coins in like the 2017 run. And then in this last year, I've noticed a bunch of people skipping uh bitcoin ethereum going straight into doge and stuff like that because of <laughs> like the game stonks episode where people are pumping the GameStop stock and then they're like oh i can do that with doge and they just they skip right to there but i've noticed also in the last year ever since nfts became a thing there's a lot of people who are not crypto people who went straight into nfts they m skipped bitcoin they skipped ethereum i guess unless they're ethereum nfts right but they skipped mm -hmm. all that and just went straight into nfts and it's almost like um almost like people who aren't like who still aren't into crypto yet they're doing crypto stuff on nfts so for example um i believe uh mila kunis has two animated series that she's crowd or she's part of that, that have been crowdfunded entirely off of nfts of course, her you know her husband Ashton Kutcher is a big crypto guy and has been for a long time, but you see, yes, like he, he knows what Dash is. He talks about all the other stuff. Like he's he's an interesting guy, but he's been in the space for a you know kind of quiet, but he's been there for at least like five years, I think. But his wife is a little bit newer to it, but still, just 
And then just some random web comic I used to to watch just randomly started doing like an NFT issuance and I'm like, oh, like it never talked about crypto, never mentioned it. And then it just it's kind of sneaking in. It's it's kind of hit mainstream almost because like crypto is like an alternative investment or an alternative money in a lot of people's minds or it's a tech thing but there is no the nfts are a new thing entirely and so a lot of creative people are just getting into nfts they're not an alternative to other things in the physical world they just don't ex something like nfts doesn't really exist outside of crypto and so they just go straight into nfts and it's very interesting to watch it can it can't exist outside of crypto really right because like how else would you create like something digital that is technically scarce uh, although there's mm -hmm. this whole meme about asking people to show them to show mm -hmm. you their nft collections and just yeah. screenshotting all of that <laughs> yeah <laughs> and there's like a couple of videos of people getting mad when others do that to them um but i, I do see like Forgetting a little bit about art and about drawings and about, mm -hmm. you know, pictorial, um, you do see that there are other applications, for example, for music that I think are more interesting because mm -hmm. art is sort of like merchandising, right? It's just mm -hmm. like printing T-shirts or printing mm -hmm. things to put on your wall cards, whatever. But with music, the revenue streams start making a lot of more sense. And mm -hmm. the and the legal part of things also makes more sense. Tickets make a lot more sense. Um, I was hearing the story about um, this music platform that is projecting to do ticketing. But the interesting thing about ticketing using using NFTs, is that there's actually a huge incentive for reselling. It's mm -hmm. not just that people are not going to feel bad about it and it's not going to be illegal anymore. It's just that people are going to be incentivized for that. Because if you're selling a ticket at like $100 and that selling out that show helps you cover for all the expenses and pay yourself a little bit more, Mm -hmm. But then the tickets are going in resale for like 10x of that or 2x of that or whatever. Then mm -hmm. whatever you get from those royalties is pure profit. Yeah. So you can actually make a lot more from the resale, reselling of your tickets than you can for the actual show. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that, I think that's really cool. Yeah, it, it's, it's interesting because, uh, so for example, in the Stoner Cats, which is uh, what... Kunis is part of the the animated show it's about like okay. stoner stoner cats, and they're selling like cats, they're selling the NFTs of like the cat characters, and in like one of them's voiced by Kevin Hart and stuff. It's like a lot of celebrities are into this, and whoever owns these NFTs, they get to vote and decide what happens next, and it's like a choose your own adventure thing in the series. So by oh, having nice. that, they get to decide that. And I I was telling. Ken Bozak about this on the last week's podcast because he's huge into NFTs, and when he was then he instantly looked at the 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 NFTs. He's like, "Wow, these are going for not very much money at all. I'm going to buy a bunch," because he sees how huge it is. So then it's like, "Your imagine your early fan base can be investors. They're investors mm. in your success. So it's like no one knows who you are. You're kind of a new struggling artist, but there's some people that listen to you and are like, wow, this guy's stuff is great. I'm going to buy half of all the NFTs you're issuing right now and not make 
you know, and you make some money off of that, but then they resell them later. Some of them, once you become huge and then they, they make money for believing in you in the beginning, right. For investing early in your music brand. And then of course you get some of the royalties of those, those resales. And it just, it just works out so well. And I have a feeling the thing people don't understand about, um, they don't understand about crypto and NFTs are FTs, fungible tokens, like Bitcoin or like a Ethereum token or whatever, and non-fungible tokens is all of that is a technology for expressing and transferring value, what people value. And mm -hmm. that's just it. And that's all money has ever been. The problem is money's only ever taken care of like 10% of value, like which you mm. could pay for. And it just, it was a primitive technology. And then you'd have to like, that's why you have nonprofits where you have to ask some old rich guy to like donate to a cause because you can't sell like social change. You can't sell feeding the homeless. You can't sell that. There's no product. This doesn't work. So they had to have these weird contraptions to make that work. But now the technology is expanding to such a, uh, to such a degree. I mean, I hate to say it, but like, you know, those whole like adopt a puppy shelters, like, oh, you can pay, you know, <laughs> yeah, just sell NFTs of the dogs, you know, sell NFTs of like the, the needy families and stuff. Like, I mean, it sounds weird and almost just gross to say it, but that just do that. And then you, you feed them, right? That's how you do it. You just have to like, sell it like nfts are going to become i think nfts and like issuing your own token is going to become the i guess the replacement for a lot of those those things where it didn't make sense to sell a product like for example with music you could sell access well album sales were access to the music but now with like piracy and everything else like you can't everything's free you can't do that so then you sell the merchandise it's say, okay, but people only want so many t-shirts. At some point, how do you let people use your benefit from your product for free, but still sell them something that they want, you know? And then the scarcity comes that in. Was, of, uh, yeah. That, that, that was Patreon's innovation, right? Patreons. Yeah. Uh, that, that they would allow you to, to enter somehow else. Uh, I remember with what you were saying, do you remember Bob Dylan's son? Uh, Jacob Dylan, he had this band called uh, The Wallflowers. Yeah, I think so. Uh, they, they had like a one-hit wonder. And oh. um, he went on Joe Rogan's podcast the other day. And he was talking uh -huh. about how the music business would work uh, back in the day. And they mm -hmm. got super lucky. And of course, not only because he was Bob Dylan's son, <laughs> although yeah. he very conveniently left that part out of, out of the story. But mm -hmm. just because in the past the these record labels mm -hmm. they would pay you a big advance to be mm -hmm. for you to record like five records with them and they're they were sort of hoping that one in every hundred bands would really hit it off at around their third album and then mm -hmm. they, that would pay up for all the others and then the other two would be pure profit for the record label record label and of mm -hmm. course they had like the tv industrial complex and all that to make it work but in one way that was a model that worked but nowadays with people not consuming albums anymore and with digital music and everything the easiest thing to do instead of like betting long term on one artist that you hope is going to pay off the other all the mm -hmm. others what you do instead is that you just 
give someone that has a lot of Instagram followers a record, a record deal or any deal because they're just like hotter and they're probably going to be more successful in the shorter term. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that's much more more profitable. Who knew, right? Um, So NFTs do that for you. They do allow you to... For people to invest in you, sort of like you're a shit coin, mm-hmm. so you're a low cap, and people invest in you, and they might hope for you to go up, but you have a lot more. You have a lot more field to cover, I think. If yeah. you're a bit of a hipster and you like just figure finding out new new artists or new songs or whatever, then you can actually put your money behind it. And if they make it big, you make a buck. And if not, you just support them. And that's mm-hmm. better than just trying to get a t-shirt delivered that you're not going to ever wear. Yeah. And imagine, like, this is why I I put out a video. I think I'm hearing I you, out. but I need to connect this. One sec. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I put out a video, I think it was today, about... The way crypto is going to be different, crypto is going to completely change the way government and taxes work. And just because the governments and regulations are a framework for understanding reality, but they don't determine reality. And reality is so crazy these days. Mm. And so, like, when like the SEC doing token sales and profits and stuff, and it's like eventually they're not going to be able to do anything with that because imagine this, right? Imagine you want to start a small craft brewery and start making beer to sell. But you, instead of getting a loan from a bank or getting a whole bunch of people to invest in the business like that, you literally just do a token sale, right? You just right. start your brewery with a token sale and you create a DAO for your brewery, right? And maybe you, you keep half the tokens or you keep a third of the tokens yourself. And then the other two thirds, you just sell to people and then they buy it. You start up the brewery and then when there's big changes, like say you want to change your, your opening hours or you want to change your branding or something like that, then they'll get to vote in that because they were like early adopters. And then every single time, then imagine if you issue a token to everyone who buys a beer from you. Eat one beer, one token. So then your customers become part owners in this sort of company and because they, they literally put money into the company and they get to sort of figure, have an ownership of how it goes. And let's just say you, if you have a certain token balance, then you get a certain level of discounts. And Travala already does this, by the way. They, the AVA token, if you own a certain amount of it, if you stake it, not only do you get APY on it, like you get more tokens over time, but on their site, when you book travel, you can get different unlock different discount levels depending on your level of token holder. And I mean, I think it's like a wildly innovative system. And imagine having that where, all right, you're, you're a frequent customer, you drink a lot of beer, and you get tokens for that. You already bought some of the token sales, so now you get 15% off for life because you just have that. Or say you get part of the new tokens created because you part own the brewery that you're a customer to. And then like every month or every couple months they do a limited release beer and everyone who does that gets an nft not a fungible dow token but a non-fungible token for buying the beer and then it's like if you're one of the nft holders you get some extra special perks or at least you can just say i was part of i drank this limited release beer during this time and here's my proof and you get to mm-hmm. like whenever you brag your friends and 
there's just the banking system has no part in any of this. Can you imagine the SEC or whatever trying to regulate this stuff? Like anyone with and, and forget about stand? them and forget about them raising money through like a through like an ICO or something where mm-hmm. there's some extent of what they can regulate. But imagine yeah. that they get VC'd like this brewery it gets gets VC'd by a DAO. Then there's mm-hmm. like absolutely no government, absolutely nothing that you can regulate there. Yeah. I mean, the possibilities are pretty endless to the way that's going to work. And it's funny because if you hear, uh, if you hear the discussion about like the stutter cats thing, like the impetus, it wasn't like, yeah, well, we're into tech. We want to just do like, we love crypto and NFT. So we decided to do our show NFT because we love this stuff. It was like the process of getting this through a studio sucks. You have to go to a big corporation. You know, they, you have to say, this is my idea. And the executive says, yeah, I like it. I don't like this part of it. Let me go talk to my superior. And then it just forever. It's just a big hassle. Instead of just, we're going to make a show. We'll let the people who watch the show fund it directly. And it just, it, it's just, it, it solves a big problem. And it's funny because yesterday I was, I wouldn't say arguing. I was having a discussion with a Bitcoin maximalist on Twitter who put this big thread about why he thinks that NFTs are nonsense. And I'm just like, I wanted to just be like, just say, okay, boomer and be done with it. <laughs> but, but he, it was an earnest attempt. So I did an earnest good faith attempt to, to answer him. And every time he said something like, but this, his arguments against it were the arguments that people give against Bitcoin. Like, why do you even need ah. a token? Why don't you just use gold? Well, because it needs to be verifiable, needs to be transportable, durable, all this stuff. And I said, yeah, now imagine the same thing for like, you know, a movie ticker, ticket or a collectible or whatever else. And it's the exact same thing just for a different asset class. And it just like couldn't get it in his brain. But I get it. I'm barely starting to get it now. Uh, it also took me a while. And... Mm. To be honest, what doesn't help to wrap people's mind around NFTs and to, mm-hmm. I, I think, what doesn't help the space? It's because there's this concept of what I call left. So it's like mm-hmm. a legit, limited edition, fungible, digit, yeah, fungible token left. So mm-hmm. that's a, that's basically whenever you see the NVA top shots, or mm-hmm. that's when you see NFTs being issued as like collectible cards. Because yeah. then what you do have is like, even if you just have like, let's say three or four or 10, whatever, you just have three or four or 10 pictures that are fungible between themselves. So they're not really non-fungible. They're unique, but what, one thing they are is not non-fungible, right? Um, so that helps um, obscure the concept a little bit because now you don't have items that are like 100% unique. You have mm-hmm. something that's, limited edition and that sits somewhere else right Mm -hmm. that's not on the same shelf as something being completely non-fungible um people this artist that Mm -hmm. he was like the first artist artist to make like a bunch of millions selling nfts he did it through this painting that uh, that was actually a non-fungible token because there was only one of it It and it was Mm -hmm. like the compilation of all his previous five thousand paintings Mm -hmm. so uh, i do think that there needs to be a line between that. And I think once the government gets more involved, 
there is going to be a very clear line, just like what we now have with the security and the utility token, just because th those are different things to regulate and they mean different things in reality, right? Can yeah, your thing be interchangeable with others? Yes or no? And mm -hmm. if so, it's not really an NFT. And that's pure and simple. Well, this is a, probably a good time to wrap this whole thing up because I know we could talk about this subject for probably five more hours. Yeah, know? definitely. Until the, like the last person is just like watching the stream. He's not actually watching. He just fell asleep and forgot to click. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, where could I send people to follow you and the stuff that you do real quick? So uh, Carlos C-A-N-C-A-B. That would, that would be my Twitter. And from there, you can see all the stuff that I do. You can see the post, the podcast that I host. You can see the articles that I'm writing about NFTs, actually. So that, yeah. that's why I'm like very fresh on this NFT stuff. I've just been like publishing a bunch of music NFT articles. And yeah, you can also just hit me up in there or same handle on Telegram. Yeah, well, sounds good. Uh, this has been a great chat. I hope uh, we had like, let me just check out the articles that we had we had like a million articles to go over and or like five or six and we went through like two but that's fine because the rest aren't as the rest are not as interesting uh basically just like yeah this is a lot, lot better that's why at least i had to, at least we hit the couple that were in the headline so it's not exactly. like someone says wait a minute you didn't talk about that scam <laughs> and then you know the way it works, and sig but. signal is always better than news right so, so, so you want the relevant stuff. You don't want the you don't want the yeah. noise. Yeah. So I, I pull people in with some headlines like, "Oh, what happened with uh, Shiba? What happened with this Bitcoin Cash scam news thingy?" And then they come in and then they're like, "Mind's blown about NFTs." So <laughs> well, we're just taking philosophy for three hours. <laughs> yes, of course. Well, anyway, uh, it was great chatting with you, um, everyone. Yeah, man, good watching, to see you. Yeah, likewise, um, everyone who's watching on Odyssey. Uh, next, I'm going to do the Dash podcast, which I do every other week. And so you can just stay on the exact same link and it'll just kick on over to the new one. YouTube people, there'll be a new YouTube thing that pops up. But yeah, I'll see you guys in like five minutes for those. Everyone else, see you next week. Carl, it's been a great pleasure. And I'll see you, I don't know, at some point in the future before you know it. Thanks, man. See you around. And enjoy the Dash podcast, everyone. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe so you don't miss an episode and donate to support the show by going to my Cointree page. That's cointr.ee slash thedesertlinks and leave a message with your donation. Check out the show's sponsors. Live on crypto with BitRefill. Buy absolutely anything with crypto with ShopinBit. Avoid content censorship with Odyssey. Protect your privacy online with NordVPN. Get paid to search with PreSearch. All links are in the show notes.